The basketball team is back up to number 10 in the AP poll, and the football team has some more good news. You are Locked On Virginia, your daily podcast on the Virginia Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good day, viewers and listeners. I am your host, Big Law, Lawrence Johnson, and welcome to the Locked On Virginia Cavaliers podcast, your first place to come to get your Wahoo fix every day. As part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the date is 1-17-2023, and it is a Tuesday, a uh, beautiful Tuesday. Of course, you guys can tell if you followed me, I'm on uh, location. I uh, got some things happening here going on uh, from a business standpoint, but I'm here to still give you the Wahoo information that you deserve. Big, 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 uh, big news uh, on the basketball front and the football front. You know, we do have some things to talk about, you know, when we're talking about the uh, the football program and uh, what's been happening there. There's some uh, flurry of information that uh, I have to get to you. But also, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we also uh, have to talk about the basketball team. You know, so let's kind of jump right into it. Let's get into what's going on with the basketball team. Of course, uh, I just said in the open that they're up to number 10 in the AP poll. Uh, they went all the way up to number two, uh, took a couple losses. <clears throat> one to Houston, another to uh, Miami, which kind of, uh, you know, had to have them fall to the late teens. I believe they got down to 16, 17. Uh, then they had another loss, uh, but they've steadily worked their way back up uh, to where we need them to be, you know, as far as uh, what I think the caliber of this team uh, you know, has you know, what I, what I feel this team has to be as far as what caliber team this is. Um, of course, coach Tony Bennett, um, and this is what I can say, you know, besides being just a good guy, a good coach, he, he, he's a genius. Uh, I believe when it comes to just, uh, his bas basketball acumen, you know, and his basketball, uh, the way that he strategizes on certain things. Now you may not see the initial, uh, what we say, the, the initial result of how he is, um, you know, how his decisions are made and the results of them. But long term, you can definitely see the, you know, the, the results. And, and that's coaching. Let's just call it. I mean, that's what you want from your coaches. You want to be able to have, you know, the, the, the things that you implement, the things that you, you know, put in place to, to allow your team to strive long-term. You've seen that from, from Coach Tony Bennett. You may not understand it at first. You may kind of, you know, you know kind of uh, squeamish about it, but the man just makes great decisions. And, you know, just case in point, the Florida State game. All right, let's just talk about that really quick. Let's uh, just kind of jump into it. Of course, the Florida State game, I called a, uh, a five-game series trap games, and this 
is the first leg of of those of that five game series, uh, which I call trap trap games. Um, they beat Florida State sixty seven to fifty eight. The game really doesn't indicate how dominant the Wahoos actually were. Um, one thing about this team that you'll notice is, and then this this team in particular, I, I'm still looking at you know the starting lineup. You know they 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 still haven't um, you know they're still trying to figure out who their starting five is, and I, I think even though they haven't figured out their starting five, but a win like this can help galvanize the team even more. Not saying that they weren't together at first. But I think it's even more of a step, you know, in a uh, in the proper direction in a big way because because honestly, right off the bat, you know the the Wahoos are uh, are one of the teams that have really seven guys, you know, who can put some points up on you, uh, depending on what game you're playing. That's the beauty of this team. It really doesn't matter. What lineup you put out there, if you want to go big, they can go really big with you. If you want to go athletic, they can go athletic with you. You know, they got some athletes out there, some runners and some jumpers and leapers. And then, you know, if if you want to, you know, have a shootout, you know, they can definitely um, put some shooters on the floor. Something that we really haven't had an opportunity to, to, to do. You know, um, you know, we really had an opportunity to, to, to do that, you know, to have shooters out there and then the shooters, you know, just make, uh, you know, make the shots that they need to make. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of sitting here, you know, uh, you know, uh, covering the game thinking, you know, who's going to be hot? Who's going to be cold? You never know who's it going to be. That's the only thing that I can say when it comes to the shooters that's kind of negative it can be a little inconsistent although um one player has been more consistent and almost two players have been way more consistent over the last couple games you're looking at uh the starting five you know just for that game uh, i'm gonna give you the the stats here my man ben vanderplas uh has come out started at that five position had 15 points uh shot what three for three uh, from three in the first half, which totally jump started uh, this entire team for uh, you know for the for the game, uh, had 15 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. I love what Bennett Vanderplas is doing. I consider him and Ryan Dunn the real X factors for this team. Um, if if Bennett Vanderplas being a Power forward, and I said before, Tony has never had a big man with this kind of versatility and flexibility to his game. Bennett Vanderplas, six eight, six nine ish, can play can play like the small center position. Can step out and shoot the three, right? Step out, shoot the three, which is what he's um, been burning teams with uh, lately here. And then if you need him to uh, if you need him to, to, to rebound, he can rebound. He can get some boards. Uh, but he also is an underrated passer. 
He's a really good underrated passer. And I don't know if this is the total answer for the remaining of the year. It's looking like it's, you know, having him start at the five. It's looking like it could be the, the, the way to move. That could be the move for Tony, you know, it you know, is to put Bennett at that five position. If you have Bennett at that five position, you know, like Florida State, they have these long athletic guys. They're starting one of their starting centers is like seven four. Then they have another center who's similar to to, to Caden, six ten, six eleven, extra bouncy, long and athletic. And they kind of pack it in and they have, you know, and they make you shoot outside shots. You know, you have a player like Bennett Vanderplas playing that five. Bennett steps out behind that three. And it's either let him have that three. Or your big man is going to have to step out and, uh, and, and come guard him, which I think is a uh, which I think is a, uh, a good thing. A uh, great thing, you know, if you have big a big man who can shoot uh, that effectively from that deep, and uh, it also allows it opens up the, the lane for all of your uh, smaller players, your guards, your forwards to slash the middle, uh, you know, and get to the middle and and try to get easy buckets, get fouls, shoot foul shots, therefore and therefore, which is typically what UVA likes to play. So right there, you know, we're talking Bennett Vanderplas, fifteen point seven. Rebounds, three assists. You're talking Kihei Clark, just the uh, consistency. Nine points, five rebounds, five ten gallon on the floor. And I, and I have to challenge that. I don't think Kihei's five ten. But nine, you know, but he plays like he's six ten, uh, you know, with his heart. But uh, nine, nine points, five rebounds, six assists. Leads the ACC in assist. Amon Franklin. And this is the other player that I got to give credit to. I've, I've dogged him. Uh, when he has had some really bad games and has gone on some really bad offensive streaks and he just has not been hitting his shot. They totally depend on him for giving them consistent outside shooting from deep. And he has. You know, he's only had a good uh, a good game again. Shot four for seven from this game. 20 points, seven rebounds. How about Amon getting on the board? Um, he's had some spectacular stats lately too. One game he had five steals, um, in a game, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, had like seven or eight rebounds a game before. I mean, he's really, you know, hustling and, and, and playing a game that, you know, as far as defensively that I hadn't seen him play before. So good on him for, uh, doing a great job. Um, and then let's get into Ryan Dunn, who uh, I told you he's one of the X factors on the team. Uh, made a three-pointer, nine points, four rebounds, but he had three blocks. Okay? Quite frankly, in my opinion, the second best defender on the team behind Mr. You-Know-Who, Reese Beekman. Reese Beekman is the best perimeter defender in the ACC. Uh, and, you know, he does what he does. And he is uh, one of the, the just the top guys uh, in the uh, league. And he just continues to, to be a, uh, a staple for this uh, Virginia defense. Of course, Reese had eight points, three rebounds, and four assists. Just another good um, game from him, steady game. 
and uh, stabilizing the defense and the offense on both ends. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But let's talk about something else that can stabilize your stomach. And that is uh, looking for a delicious treat, but don't want any of the fat or the calories. Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you like me, if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, the man I've I've got to just think got the just a thing for you. You gotta try built. With built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for the New Year's resolution. What makes built bars that good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazingly great macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's what I was saying. Wholesome for you. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy area and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. But get those Built Bars, man. Those things are good. I I will give you that, give them that credit. You know, um, I've had some some testers, some uh, some of the different flavors. You know, if if you're used to eating health bars, or you're, or you want to eat something that's good, but still not gonna just give you just a ton of sugar, but give you some health benefits as far as protein, good for your stomach. Get on those uh, built bars and, and give those a try today. Uh, but yeah, but they're great, guys. I'm I'm, I'm serious about that. Uh, so yeah, as we were talking about the basketball program, you know, and, and what the basketball program, uh, you know, where they are, you know, number ten, we're talking about the players and and, and how well that these guys have done um, for you know for the year so far, and how versatile they can be. It seems to me that Coach Bennett is, but he's still looking for that five man starting uh, consistently consistent starting five. And I'll tell you this, 
I don't know if I would move away. I know that, you know, one of the articles that I was reading, uh, he was, you know, some people, some of the people in the article were saying that uh, Tony made the decision based off of how Leonard Hamilton was going to go. Meaning if he was going to put the seven, four man in, he was going to go with Caden Cedric. Uh, I'll tell you like this, you know, I would probably play Bennett Vanderplas until that lineup falters. Um, and then play Jaden at the four, Armand, Reese, and Kihei. Just until things happen. And and I know that, that leaves an abundance of big men off the floor, meaning Caden Cedric and Poppy Caffaro. But the offensive threat that this team poses with uh, a five-man uh, shooting three and who can rebound and distribute the way that he can, you know, I think we, we have a really good opportunity to to surprise some teams and to make it just too difficult to cover. You know, you think about North Carolina, you know, they had Armando Baycott, but they also had a four-man, um, wild man, I can't remember his name, but he was a transfer from Oklahoma, um, uh, Brady, I can't remember his name, but uh, but he, you know he was a four man, and uh, or and he could play the five as well. But he would step out, and you know and he could shoot threes, you know uh, for uh, UNC, and he just made it impossible for some teams to try to cover. And Brady Manic, I think is his name. I think it's Manic. It just kind of came to me, but yeah, you know the the you know he could shoot threes, you know from that big man position, and it just gave you. All kinds of fits. And then you put that together with the other guys, uh, your guards who naturally shoot threes and your forwards. You're looking at a team that uh, is, is just impossible to cover. And um, I think for the rest of the year, until it falters, until it falters miserably, which I don't know if it'll do that, but, you know, I, I would probably keep Bennett at that five. Um, you know, Caden. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, he didn't have many minutes. I want to say he had like five minutes maybe uh, for the last game against Florida State, <clears throat> even though Florida State has a lot of athletic bigs. The offensive side made that big of a difference uh, where it negated a lot of the size of, of, the, uh, of the team of Florida State because you could spread them out and shoot. Uh, then they played good enough defense on the back end to, uh, you know, because the score, I'll tell you, it does not indicate how dominant the University of Virginia basketball team was over them. Um, but this is, uh, that was the first game of the five-game uh, 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 trap game leg that I was talking about where there's five games. We're talking about Florida State. We're talking about Virginia Tech, which goes uh, next, uh, tomorrow. They go tomorrow. Um and that's going to be at home to play Virginia Tech. First game of the Commonwealth Clash this year in basketball. Then you got Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse. Now, we win all those games, and I'm thinking we can. Those are games that we'll be favored in. If Virginia wins all those games. That's the mid part of the season, all right? They win those next five games. They'll have 17 wins. And then, you know, when you start getting into – the 19, 18, 19, 20 game win seasons. Remember, they only won 20 games last year. Uh, and that was based off of um, tournament play as well. 
you know, you want to get into the, you want to get close to the twenties, um, going into the final uh, month of your season. So for the ending of January, those are the last five games. They'll be able to go into the last month and a half with an opportunity to build towards a 25, 26, 27 win season, which is what you want uh, when you're talking about uh, your success for this year. And I don't know if they're going to make up the game they had against Northern Iowa uh, earlier this year, but they may not need it. Uh, But, you know, if they are, you know, it'd be great. But I believe it's going to probably stay canceled. But that five-game streak, they got one leg down. Let's get to the second leg, which is going to be always a heated game, always a game that a lot of people are going to have a lot to talk about, you know, the Virginia Tech game. And, of course, Virginia Tech always – you know, and Virginia, you know, in particular, but Virginia Tech always comes with the emotion and always they come with the mentality of wanting to always, uh, you know, beat Virginia, but they always want to do it in a way that it's, um, you know, there is a lot of attitude involved and I get it. It's a rivalry, but uh, Virginia Tech always comes emotionally, it seems, ready to rock and roll. Um so that's the basketball report there. I'm waiting on this game tomorrow, and I'll uh, be there uh, to give you guys a post-game show and also to uh, report the next following day. So now let's talk about the football news that I talked about earlier uh, in this uh, open of the show. So good news on the football front. The football front actually got their offensive line coach. They got their man. I think this was their you know, finally got a man. They, you know, they probably didn't get their man, but they got a man. And to me, I think it was a result that a lot of people didn't think was going to work out for the better. And I think they got um, they 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 got a offensive line coach Terry Heffernan, who was a a head coach, excuse me, an offensive line coach for Stanford under David Shaw, um, I believe. And I got to say, that was probably a really good move. Stanford has known to have um, good offensive linemen, have always been uh, a good run-blocking team, pass-blocking team, has been known to um, have great line play. And he also has res- uh, uh, a resume with, um, you know, coaching in the pros as well at two different stints. So, you know, shout out to the, uh, Coach Elliott and the uh, staff for getting uh, Coach Terry Heffernan to, um, to, to to sign up, you know, as the offensive line coach. I know there was a couple guys that, they, that didn't work out, but this is a good signing, great signing actually. Based off of where we were needing a coach, now we lost uh, a prospect because of it, but we also gained uh, uh, an offensive lineman um, as well. Now the difference is, Dejon Parker, who we lost, may not. Well, he would have helped immediately. Where um, Uganda Nana Nanan Nana, excuse me, let me get it right. Ugana Naana was um, 
was uh, is probably going to help us a little bit more down the road. Um, you know, he has three years of eligibility. He's a little bit, he's a big, big boy. <laughs> but I think that um, Dejon Parker may have helped us a little bit earlier. But, you know, we still got a guy more eligibility and uh, great size as well. But, um, and then other, and other good news, how about, you know, for, for the uh, Cavaliers, Tavon Kyle, a commit from Iowa State, who a lot of people had their eyes on. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of people had their eyes on uh, Tavon Kyle out of Iowa State was a uh, two-time Big Twelve. Um, excuse me, Big Ten uh, uh, honorable mention for um, for the season. You know, for cornerback. So, you know, what what can we say now about you know what's going on with the transfer portal? It seems that University of Virginia is actually doing okay, um, you know, in the transfer portal. And I think better than okay. They're doing well. Uh, they're brought in two four-stars uh, players uh, that were, you know, highly touted, highly, highly ranked. I think when you're bringing in, uh, you know, four-star players that, you know, that played well and were conference, uh, all-conference type players, uh, which the four two four star players uh, that are there are you know it is a really good thing. So you think about um, Cameron Kelly, who was an All ACC type talent um, uh, coming from uh, University of North Carolina. Him coming in and he'll probably ban one of the cornerback spots based off of what this roster needs. Then the other cornerback, who is also a uh, All Conference. Uh, as well out of Iowa State type talent, uh, Cameron Kyle. So right there, those guys right there are gonna probably solidify each side. They, you know, UVA has some snaps to give at that position, obviously. And those veterans wanted to come in and seize that opportunity. And great for them. Good, good job, University of Virginia football program on uh, locking down those corners. And they got a lot of their defense coming back as well, except one man. And the one man, you know, we're talking about Mr. Nick Jackson. Come on home, Nick. You know, uh, last reporting, I haven't seen that he's committed anywhere. Come on home, Nick Jackson. Uh, we need you. The off the, the defense looked like it's solidifying like it did last year as far as a personnel standpoint. We just need the one guy, the man in the middle, Nick Jackson. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, the other players, of course, they needed a quarterback. And, and let me just run down the list. I got it here as far as all the transfers that came in. And we talk about positions of need. Tony Musket, quarterback, position of need, I would say, right? Check. They got a quarterback, Tony Musket. Cameron Kelly, defensive back, needed, and a cornerback at that. It's going to play cornerback. Needed it desperately. Check. Got him. Tavon Kyle, cornerback. Iowa State uh, needed it desperately. Check. You got another starting cornerback. Uh, and, you know, from Naana, uh, Uganda Naana, the offensive lineman they signed, they necessarily didn't get a start. I don't know if he's going to start, but they needed some depth because they're losing linemen left and right uh, for the past two years now. But he needed to backfield with some talent, and he has the the the, the structure. I haven't really seen uh, any film on him, but 
You know, we'll get to him come springtime. Check. I think they needed offensive linemen. It was a uh, – I know they had, like, what, 12 linemen already on the roster, and they usually run with 15. So uh, they got an offensive lineman. Check. Wide receiver. They they were thin at wide receiver. Um, you know, you know, with the losses they've had with two guys, three guys leaving between Billy Kemp um, – uh, going to Nebraska, you know, um, good luck to Billy. God bless you. Great young man there. Uh, then you had um, uh, Dontavian Wicks uh, going into the going pro. Then you got, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Keaton Thompson also possibly going uh, pro as well. I don't know if I've heard anything on his uh, endeavors, you know, so, you know, after the season. So, uh, believe and I believe he's gone as well. And then of course, the loss, um, uh, sudden passing, or, or uh, Lavelle Davis, as well, not having him. So they needed receivers, and they got Malik Washington, one of the top receivers, you know, in the Big Ten. Uh, played at Northwestern this past year. So that was uh, what is that? One, two, three, four, five needs that they that they kind of got filled with players who have experience, and just about all of them were all conference players uh, where they came from. Even Tony Musket had uh, some accolades, some all-conference accolades uh, coming from Monmouth. So great to have him on board, and I'm looking forward to seeing what these transfers do. And, oh, they did get another player who is a four-star um, player coming in. It was Kobe Pace. Excuse me, Tavon Kelly coming in was a three-star. The other four-star player was Kobe Pace, a running back who – has shown to have some talent, has some success running in the ACC at Clemson. And um, let's see how Kobe Pace looks uh, coming in to this, um, coming, coming to this team. Another four-star talent. Uh, I know that the running back room is kind of loaded right now, but you can never have uh, enough four-stars on your roster. I don't care, you know, what your, uh, you know, what your position room looks like. You know, I'll take another four-star because you never know what happens. So this has been great, guys. Uh, you know, as far as the recruiting part, <coughs> excuse me, as far as the recruiting part, uh, you know, for this team. So we'll be on the lookout. And I tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing what this basketball, hand, basketball team has uh, for this Virginia Tech team tomorrow. Thanks again for making Locked On Virginia your first listen today. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast on Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Please hear the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, guys, and I will see you tomorrow.